The views expressed on the following program are designed to amplify those of the speaker and are not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors. Hello, everybody! Coming up on today's experience, devotional diamonds of the day, also known as DDDs, where my daily devotions become some of our spiritual reflections. Sound effects placed throughout the show which have nothing to do with life, but the Bible teaches that there's a time to laugh and a merry heart does make like medicine. The review of the goofy news, which proves Jesus is coming back sooner than you think. Never forget this about Scripture. It says... Test or prove all things. Yeah, life lessons for our faith that we could actually use, but we probably won't if we sit around and go, what's on TV today? Humor that will force you to think, why does this guy have a radio show? The answer is cuz or because. One of those two, it doesn't really matter. Also, Bible trivia for fake and yet somehow real cool prizes, your phone calls and more. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. My name is David Spoon. I will be your host for the next 5,400 seconds. Get ready for one of the more bizarre experiences on live radio. Here is the key to the show. We don't know what we're doing. We have no idea what's going to happen, and we don't care. But first, I'm going to say hello to Addie Bug and Isaiah Anthony, who are probably listening right now. Hi, grandkids. Hi. Hi, Grandpa. We love you. You're the best Grandpa ever. Thank you. Also, uh, for the next few minutes, is, am I allowed to do that? In the next few minutes, uh, I want to talk faith with you, and we're asking questions about this. Dealing with stress. Have you ever dealt with stress? Have you ever had something go on in your life, and you're like going, ay, 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 only you just keep saying it over and over again? Yeah, we want to talk about that a little bit today. Here is the process to the show. If you have an opinion, a comment, a thought, or a question, we want you to be able to reach out and touch base with us. We want you to be able to touch base. You can share. It can be a praise report, which we love. It can be a prayer request, which we love. Uh, We want to be able to join our faith together with one another, to strengthen one another, to bless one another, to encourage one another, and to lift one another up. Um, I really appreciate yesterday we had a couple of people say that they they liked the way I pray. I think that was cool, but I should have just said that's grace and not said, oh, well, it's because I talk to God a lot. That was a really prideful thing to say. And, yeah, you didn't convict me of that, but the Lord did. (laughs) So uh, Sometimes you just got to confess those things. Here's the bottom line. The bottom line is if you want to reach out to us, there's a couple ways to do it. The first way you can do it is you can get a chalkboard, get some chalk and draw on the chalkboard. We have a chalkboard processor here at the uh, radio station, and when you put it on the chalkboard, it instantly comes in front of me uh, right on the chalkboard. If that doesn't work, you can also call us. Uh, that that way you just uh, use the phone, that thing they came up with, 972 
That's 972-445-0770. Did I say that it was 972-445-0770? I just want to make sure I said that so that you heard that. And I want you to know that when you call, you get this opportunity of a lifetime. Unlike anything else, you get a chance to say hi to Amazing Jen. Now, there's a lot of things I'm going to come up with. The thing I'm going to say in 30 minutes is cute, whatever. But this one, this is a big one right here. When you talk to Amazing Jen, it's like getting free tacos on Taco Tuesday. Sorry, that's just the best there is. And then you will feel amazing. That's right. That is amazing. Taco Tuesday. Is today Tuesday? It is. And free tacos on Taco Tuesday. By the way, that uh, there's a big taco promotion all over uh, so if you go to taco places you can get kind of a cool deal there you can also text us 214-210-8483 that's 214-210-8483 214-210-8483 uh, oh i just got hit in the head by a paper airplane thanks a lot al that was very nice of you Anyhow, you can also send us an email, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. Not supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, just david at hemustincrease.org. Plus, I'm going to send you up to the website. We want you to get a chance to check things out on the website. The big thing about the website, we've always uh, said this. We're not going to stop saying it. The only way for the ministry to move forward is uh, financial donations. We live off of that from a practical point of view, from a ministerial point of view, and from I like peanut butter jelly point of view so uh, how we do that is we don't get jet planes we we put gas in the car and we go please run please run that's how we do it so your contributions are important and they are extremely helpful you can get all that information on the website please go to he must increase.org prayer request he must increase.org praise report Hemosincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Hemosincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? He must increase.org. He must increase.org. And watch up, Doc. Now, I'm just going to confess that's now my favorite. <laughs> What's up, Doc? Is this? Uh, I just love that. That's just so good. I was talking to my brother the other day, and he said something, and I said, well, I'll have to check that out with your brother, Dr. Dave. <laughs> I won't tell you what my brother said because that wasn't very funny in response. Anyhow, uh, bottom line is I want you to be able to recognize that sometimes in fellowship, you just need to be encouraged. You just need to say yes. You need to take a deep breath. Not everything goes perfectly. Not every sailing experience is a perfect wind. You find out that there's many difficult things that you have to go through as a believer. And the idea is to strengthen one another and bless one another and encourage one another while we're going through that process and to do it together. So to that end, I always petition you to petition the Lord on the behalf of the audience. Now, we don't know every single need that's out there. I get, I receive uh, quite a few needs, and some of them are private. We don't discuss those. But 
people in the audience are hurting and they need touch from the Lord. It could be a financial touch, a relationship touch. It could be a spiritual touch. It could be emotional. It could be physical. It could be uh, psychological. It could be any of those things. And by psychological, we're not trying to get off into something weird. It's just sometimes our brains have meltdowns. Mine does. So uh, bottom line to that is be praying for one another. Because first of all, that's a command that we are supposed to follow in Scripture. And second, you do for others what you want others doing for you. And I want I want people praying for me. So I pray for people all the time. That's just I just think that's a good process to go in. We are in Matthew. We are in chapter 7. And believe it or not, we actually finished the Sermon on the Mount. It only took four months, five months. Five months? It took a long time. <laughs> it just seems like it took a long time. Now we are in Matthew chapter 7, and we are basically at verse 28, and this is at the end. So Jesus has finished his teaching. He's done all that. And now we're at verse 28, and it says this. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were astonished at his teachings. So for those people that think the Sermon on the Mount was just for 12 people, the disciples, that's wrong. Because here's crowds, right? So you get that, okay, so the crowds. And they were astonished at his teaching. Verse 29, because he was teaching them like one who had authority and not like the scribes. And you listen to that and you think, what, what, what does that all mean? How does that, what, what does that mean? First of all, the crowd was amazed at the teachings of Jesus, at the teachings themselves, they were incredible. They, they, it, was, it was revolutionary in the concept of religious practice and religious faith. He spoke with an authority, listen to this, over all prior teachers and even, wait, you're going to freak out when I tell you this, even over the Old Testament structure of declaring the law. And before you get all excited and go, well, that's what's so great. It says everything's about love, 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 love. And I don't have to worry about anything. All we need is love. Here's the thing to remember. Jesus, in the beginning of his definitions and in the beginning of his sermon, redefined adultery and made it a hundred times harder. It's like... That was that sermon. See, it's easy to let's sit there and look at it and go, yeah, Matthew 6.33, how cool is that? You know, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. And then verse 34, I don't have to take no thought for tomorrow. I don't have to worry about that at all. Yeah, I love Matthew 6.33 and 34. Yeah, but you're getting, forgetting Matthew 5 where Jesus said, if you look at a woman and lust after her in her heart, in your heart, you have committed adultery. Ouch! So the same person who spoke authority in regards to worrying also spoke authority in regards to holiness. And they're the same dude. One chapter apart, if we want to say it that way. Here's the ticket in this process. When Jesus spoke, he never spoke as somebody going, even like myself or anybody else, I think it means this. I think this means this. The way I see this is this. How I approach this is this. You know why Jesus never spoke that way? Because he is the origin of truth. 
And when he spoke, it was affirming what the truth is and what the truth was declared. When he spoke, he knew he was speaking the truth. People are like, well, Jesus never shouted. Well, first of all, that's not true. That's not scripturally accurate. But he didn't go around screaming, but he didn't go around whispering. But when he spoke, people knew there was something different. He spoke in the authority of heaven. And people knew, took notice right away. Whoa, there's something about this guy. He talks, he teaches, he shares, and it all makes sense. And from the teachings of Jesus, now every teacher past Jesus. In other words, every apostle, every prophet, every person in the New Testament era, everybody, we are all way low on the list. Every teacher ever, even the encouragers like myself, I'm more of an encourager than anything. Jesus taught with absolute perfect authority. He never questioned what he said. There is no other teacher that has done that. That's just so powerful. All right, we'll take a break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon Experience? Imagine yourself on a rocket ship racing at 1,000 miles an hour into space. Once there, you can sense the power and the presence of the majestic and the divine. You forget about your troubles and your fears, and you just float in peace without a worry in the world. There are no struggles, no pain, no discomfort. It's soothing, calm, comfortable. But then the show starts, and you realize that none of that stuff has anything to do with the show. What were you thinking? The David Spoon Experience, only for the brave of heart and the bored. That's right. You guys think uh, uh, all, all of our jokes have to be, uh, you know, Christian themed. So, okay, so this is a, a Christian chicken. <laughs> okay, there that that'll help you. These are nine, ten people. <laughs> the last one is so funny. These are ten people. Why the chicken crossed the road? Okay, now these are people you know. Some are political, some are not. Nobody's getting picked on. This is just fun stuff. Nancy Grace, why the chicken crossed the road? That chicken crossed the road because he's guilty. You can see it in his eyes and the way he walks. That's Nancy Grace. Pat Buchanan, the chicken crossed the road to steal the job of a decent, hardworking American. Martha Stewart, no one called to warn me which way the chicken was going. I had a standing order at the far- at the farmer's market to sell my eggs when the price dropped to a certain level. No little bird gave me any insider information. <laughs> um, this, this is great. Dr. Seuss, did the chicken cross the road? Did he cross it with a toad? Yes, the chicken crossed the road, but why it crossed, I've not been told. <laughs> Okay, uh, this is just an old grandpa. In my day, we didn't ask why the chicken crossed the road. Somebody told us the chicken crossed the road, and that was good enough for us. (laughs) Donald Trump, we should build a wall so the chicken can't cross the road. (laughs) Come on, that's hilarious. Now, if you don't think this one is funny, I'm going to be very concerned about you. Barbara Walters. 
Why did the chicken cross the road? Isn't that interesting? In a few moments, we'll be listening to the chicken tell for the first time the heartwarming story of how it experienced a serious case of molting and went to accomplish its lifelong dream of crossing the road. Wow. Aristotle, it's the nature of chickens to cross the road. Bill Gates. Uh, let's skip Bill Gates. <laughs> Just skip it all together. The last two, and you can't tell me these aren't funny. Albert Einstein, did the chicken really cross the road or did the road move beneath the chicken? That's relativity. And then finally, Colonel Sanders, did I miss one? <laughs> the David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Now, that, those were funny jokes. I don't care what you say. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's just funny. I mean, that's worth a buck fifty right there. All right, so uh, bottom line, uh, we're going to do our trivia first and then go from there. Here's our trivia question. You guys should get this. This is not difficult. Uh, just making sure everybody's tuned up. What is the name of the priest that Abraham met in the Valley of Sheva? Sheva. Sheva. I, these names. I, this is the worst thing about the worst thing about the Bible is the name pronouncing. Uh, Sheva. Sheva. Shev. Shev. What is the name of the priest that Abraham met in the valley? What was the name of the priest that Abraham met as he was coming back from his victory? I think you guys know. Uh, watch your spell check, though. Let me leave it there. If you think you know, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483 as well. You can send an email, david at he must org. Uh, a couple things we will do. We will do our DNA. I will remind you that tomorrow at 930, I have a doctor's appointment regarding my knee. And uh, I'm trying not to be overly sarcastic about the appointment. I'm having a little bit of a hard time not being overly sarcastic about the appointment. Uh, But I apparently need to have the knee appointment. And uh, I'm just trying to smile and get through it. So you guys can keep me in prayer. That would be awesome. In the meantime, what was the name of the priest that met Abe or Abram? What was the name of the priest that met Abram? Because it wasn't quite yet Abraham. uh, Met in the Valley of Sheva. That's the question. If you think you know the name of the priest that he met, give us an answer, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483 or send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. Let's do our DNA. D stands for draw closer to the Lord. Daily. Daily. Now, how often is daily? Daily? I'm going with that one. And never be ashamed of Jesus or his words. Never be ashamed of what Jesus had to say. Never be ashamed of what Jesus had to say. Ever. Never. And then A, always be ready. To serve. To serve, which means that other people are in your uh, scope, are in your vision, are in your sights, that you are also aware of how other people are doing. 
I mean, how are other people doing? How are the people in your life doing? Are you praying for them? Are you caring for them? Are you loving them? Are you being a vessel of God's grace and his mercy and his truth and his wisdom and his power? Are you presenting yourself to the Lord to be used by the Lord? You need to always be ready. Okay? Always be ready. There. That's, that's okay. All right. Uh, so we had the priest question there. Uh, who was the priest that Abraham, Abram met? After his victory, uh, for those that are trying to figure it out, here's your only hint. He paid a tenth to this person. You should know it right by there. That should be your big key. Don't forget to keep me in prayer. We did our uh, DNA. Now we're going back to our teaching, and I want to make sure that I get this right because I don't want to. I don't want to um, do this incorrectly. I want to make sure to literally say it wisely so we go back to verse 28 in matthew 7 when jesus finished these sayings the crowds were astonished at his teachings because his teaching he was teaching them like one who had authority and not like the scribes it wasn't that the scribes didn't teach but you know how i teach like an encouragement kind of approach uh and there's people that will try and like uh fake authority <laughs> Let me say this. They speak like this in order to feel like it's really authoritative. Or if they don't, then they'll say, Yea, thus saith the Lord, and then they just start throwing stuff out. Okay? Jesus spoke truth. And when somebody speaks truth, being people who love Jesus, and Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, we gravitate. I think that's totally awesome, right? And you understand that, and that resonates. And so when you hear a teacher that helps you draw closer to the Lord, you resonate, you connect. And it's not just in, in individuals, by the way. It's it's sayings, it's moments, uh, it's everything that the Lord uses. And it's like you get it. There's an authority there. It's like there's a connection that takes place for people of the truth. Now, people who are of the lie, which are all the people that have rejected God and are deceived, and, you know, Don asked me a really good question. Why can't that, you know, why is there no common sense? And I told him, I said, no, the answer I can come up with is because uh, God has sent them strong delusions that they should believe a lie. The people of the lie, they don't get nothing. They're, they're, they're clueless. They don't care. But people of the truth know truth when it's coming forward. And I'm not talking about two plus two truth. I'm talking about God is in charge truth. It's a big, big truth. Okay? All right. So the crowd was just amazed at his teaching. He spoke over as one who has authority, but he also redefined some of what the structure of sin was, and that was pretty tough. People I got news to it. I don't think everybody walked out of that Sermon on the Mount thinking, wow, that was great. I'm really glad that I just found out I've committed adultery 9,000 times. I'm not sure that that's how that worked, but I think they recognized that Jesus spoke the truth and that he now represented the reality of the manifestation of the revelation of God. He spoke over the Pharisees because he's, he, and, and not by out shouting them, he spoke because he just had the truth because he is the truth. Here's something that happens right off the bat. So after he comes back in we're at chapter 8, verse 1, it says this. When he came down from the mountain, large crowds, what kind of crowds? Large crowds followed him, and right away a man with leprosy came up and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Okay? So this is an interesting, it's not story, but an interesting revelation or manifestation that Matthew's writing about. Because what he's saying is, 
Okay, so Jesus does this massively, incredibly life-changing sermon that is so uh, been preached about. I mean, you just can't even imagine. Our brains can't even comprehend how many people have heard bits and pieces of of the Sermon on the Mount. It's just absolutely incredible. And the first story is there's somebody that approaches him, and the person that approaches him is a man with leprosy. What's amazing is that, you know, right away he comes up to him, and you he's going to Jesus for help. The reason he's going to Jesus for help is because Jesus has just taught at this level indicating divine connection and manifestation, and this guy needs help from God. So he's responding to that. He's like, that guy just taught like the greatest sermon ever. He knows exactly. I'm going to get help from him. And that's a normal, there, there's nothing weird. That's like, that would be normal. What's abnormal is that a leper came out in public and tried to make social contact. That's what's abnormal. So it says right away, a man with leprosy came up and knelt before him. Then the kneeling before him, I think everybody can understand, is a humility, is a humbling. And he says, Lord, another indicator. He said, if you are willing, you can make me clean. What did this guy say by saying that? What he said was, you have authority, Jesus. You can do this. This is in your power to do. If you're willing, you can make me this way. Now, I think the the common sense, and this is where I don't teach like Jesus. Jesus, he, everything he said, perfect truth. I just look at this approach, and I think that I say that to the Lord often, and I get a response from the Lord in one of three ways. Yes, no, or the most famous one, hold please, <laughs> which, is, which is like when you talk to Sprint. <laughs> you go, I just happened the other day where I called, and they go, hold please, click. Sometimes the Lord says, hold. And you're thinking, no, no, he just says yes or no. No, he doesn't. He often says wait. In fact, it's in our patience that we uh, possess our souls. There's a reference to us understanding that patience creates growth and gives us an ability to be more Christ-like. And sometimes God, sometimes the Lord, God has us wait as we learn to listen to his answer. In this case, specifically and on the spot, Jesus made something known, which we should all be aware of and maybe treat him more so than we have been, and that is he is willing. Many of you, and myself included, think you got to pry it out of God's hands. I, I think that that part's the part that's wrong. I think he is absolutely willing to grant and to give, as long as we are absolutely willing to pursue and hunger and thirst for him. And sometimes I think it's a process, and sometimes there's a lot of growth that happens, and it's amazing the different things that come up in the process. But you know what? Here's a word for you. I'm just going to quote Jesus. He's willing. Okay? All right, in answer to the trivia question, what was the name of the priest uh, met Abram? The answer was Melchizedek. Melchizedek. Eric, you don't need to be sorry. Melchizedek. I told everybody, watch your voice recognition. I warned everybody. I told you guys. All right, we'll take our break and then come back. We got lots to do today. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. 
Like any person searching for answers, I too have wondered about him. He has a weird sense of humor. If people are seeking wisdom and insight from the great teachers around the world, would they go to David? No, I don't think so. Those big ears really don't help. Will people enjoy his perspective on culture, politics, food, sports, and local and national news? I don't know. He's just a client. Tune in to the David Spoon Experience on KAAM. What is the David Spoon Experience? Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under his wings. Day and night, they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And you're thinking, that's a great verse, Dave. What does that got to do with Thanksgiving? Right? Because that doesn't have any application except for God is pictured here as always was, always is, and always will be. And a person who is walking in the dynamic of continually giving thanks is looking at their past with thanksgiving, is looking at their present with thanksgiving, and is looking at their future with thanksgiving because God has operated in the past, the present, and the future, and you have a past, a present, and a future, and when you look at your past and you operate with thanksgiving, and you look at your present and you operate with thanksgiving, and you look at your future and you operate with thanksgiving, you're operating in those principles with God, and if you look at your past with thanksgiving, guess what you won't have. You won't have bitterness. And if you look at your present with thanksgiving, guess what you're going to have? A trusting and a confidence. And if you look to your future with thanksgiving, guess what you're going to have? A hope for a better tomorrow. All these principles operate if you will continually walk in thanksgiving on every aspect and element of your life. You won't be bitter. You'll be trusting God and walking in confidence. You'll be looking for a better tomorrow. You'll be operating in the principle of faith. You'll be honoring God and you'll be setting yourself free in your partnership with God, how can that be bad? How can that be bad? It blow my mind. Crying out loud. We should be thanking God for, oh, but this terrible thing happened. But look how God brought you through it. This terrible thing is happening, but look how God is bringing you through it. Hey, when they start shooting Christians, look how God took you out and brought you to him. I mean, it's like it's all together. You can't escape this. If you look at your life with a continual feast of thanksgiving, you'll have a continual feast. The David